Welcome to the Recovery from Fragmented Families podcast. On this podcast, I discuss all things relating to family estrangement. Whether you became estranged by choice or estrangement was forced upon you. I do know that either way, you might be dealing with some really, really hurtful emotions during this time in your life. It could be recent, it could be in the past, but you could still be in a state where you are hurting. So on this podcast, I have different guests who come and share wisdom in how they manage to overcome trauma. Some of the guests would have gone through estrangement themselves and they would be able to share how they managed to overcome this. Either way, you're not alone. Estrangement is difficult in the best of time. It is something hard to put into words and it is something that is often hidden. I share, I shed light on this hidden phenomenon that is seemingly across cultures, class, race. So welcome to the Recovery from Fragmented Families where I hope my guest and myself would able to give you just a little bit of light to raise your beautiful vibration in how to handle the world of estrangement. So, welcome to this week's episode with my amazing guest. Hello guys, so welcome to this week's episode. Now for this week, I have an amazing guest. She's amazing and you're going to love her just as much I like bringing her onto the episode. My amazing guest, her name is Christina Kiria Kidu. Yay! <laughs> Did I say that right? Yes. Oh, I don't want to put your well people's done. name. <laughs> so Christina is so bubbly. She's so nice. I follow Christina on Instagram and we've actually been friends since the beginning of this year. We met in a coaching program and since then we've kept in touch. She is an amazing person. What you see as what she gives out is what she's in private as well when we have in our own private conversation. So she's nice. And you want to see Christina literally go on her Instagram and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'll, find, I'll put that Instagram link in the show notes. But what I want to say about Christina is that she is a relationship mentor. She specializes in um, serving women who have come out of very toxic relationship and she helps them to find their feet in terms of self-love, self-worth, especially if it's been eroded. She literally gives you a roadmap of how you can come back to the self. So you can fill up your cup again one more time after it's been depleted. Now, I'm not going to speak much about Christina. I'm just going to let her come on and introduce herself. So Christina, welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to actually be speaking on your podcast. And thank you for the lovely introduction. Made me smile and blush. Okay, well, like you actually said at the beginning, we both met at a coaching program called Purpose to Platform. And it was actually in that during that coaching program that this idea was birthed. I had been soul searching for a long, long time. And I guess I was able to finally get the answer to that soul searching question that I've been posing myself for such a long time during that coaching program. And I realized that this was actually where I could use my experience 
-hmm. in helping other women and yeah that's basically how the idea came about what was that experience that because you understand this area so well uh, because that is your experience are you able to tell me a little bit a little bit more about your experience in that Sure. Yes. So I had been in a toxic relationship for over seven years. And um, basically that relationship left me completely shattered. I had lost myself completely. I had lost my identity. And it didn't only have psychological repercussions, but also physical repercussions. So actually, not only did my mental well-being suffer after or during that relationship, but also my physical well-being. So my basic, my body basically completely collapsed and yeah. I had to have spinal surgery, emergency spinal surgery. And it took me a long while to actually recover from that surgery. And I, I basically had to learn how to walk again because I was unable to walk. I was bedridden for almost seven months. So I was off work for seven months. And so during that time, I was able to reconnect to myself and um, rebuild my life, basically, because I had literally hit rock bottom after that um, experience. Yeah, like I said, seven and a half years in this toxic relationship. And I figured that it had shaped the way I was relating to men mm-hmm. in a very negative way, obviously, because yeah. I was being kept captive, re- literally, by my thoughts. And I had adopted from the person I was with, because if you hear something long mm-hmm. enough and um, many times, you... Yeah tend to adopt that um, those thoughts even though they may not have originated in your own head yes it's almost like they've been implanted there slowly and slowly it's almost like micro dosing of ideologies that were not originally there in the first place absolutely absolutely yeah and it builds up and before you actually become aware of it yeah those thoughts have literally they have festered inside of you and first of all obviously realize that those thoughts are not yours yeah so awareness is obviously the first key to being able to um, overcome this Mm -hmm. and then obviously you have to replace those thoughts with thoughts that actually do serve you that actually enable you to move forward so that's what um, I did for a good decade, to be honest, you know, after that toxic relationship. And yeah. I'm still doing, you know, I'm still on, in, on this journey of healing and I'm still uncovering things that need more attention, that need healing. It's, yeah. it's you know, healing is never done. You're just uncovering new layers and... Um, but what does what does happen is actually that you, te- you you start responding in a different way to same situations. Yes. You are confronted with similar situations, and you actually can see the prog- progress that you are making time and time again. Yeah, you react in a different in a different manner, and um, 
And that's beautiful to see. So I don't know whether I've answered the question. I feel like I've, I've, I've lost myself there some, somehow. <laughs> no, I, I like to let my guests speak. So uh, in terms of getting everything out without interrupting. But I was going to say, so we, when it comes to this community that listen to me, uh, people have gone through family estrangement. And if someone's listening, what's the connection between family estrangement and coaching women who come up toxic relationships? The thing about family estrangement, often they come about sometimes because of toxic dynamics and toxic dynamics in relationships. So we're talking about it is familial relationship, personal relationships, um, intimate relationships. Toxic dynamics have a particular ingredients which are very similar to each other, right? So mm. I feel like there's a man and a woman out there who are becoming estranged, say husband and wife, because of toxic dynamics. They are children who are becoming estranged from maybe adult children become estranged from their parents and parents vice versa to their children because toxic dynamics. There are siblings who are becoming estranged because of toxic dynamics. And sometimes with that estrangement comes with a lot of emotional pain. It comes with a lot of emotional uncertainty. And sometimes people's self-worth, self-love, their deal with that is completely and utterly shattered. So when you work with people, even with your own experience, how did you begin to build the mindset to get you to where you are today, to the point that not only that you're helping yourself, which is still a progress, but now you're helping others. So, um, I mean, obviously there is uh, no set formula, let's say that uh, not everything works on everyone the same way, but I guess, like I just said earlier, it's about see evaluating where each pe person is finding themselves but obviously the mindset work is the most important work in any transformational journey it's about having the awareness of where do I find myself right now where is this coming from where did I get those downloads from are they mine are they someone else's where do I actually want my life to be and then working with dismantling those thoughts that don't serve you and building on the ones that actually do serve you to actually mirror mm -hmm. what you actually want in the inside on the outside because our reality is shaped by our thoughts and if our thoughts are negative to to put it very blandly then our reality that what we see will actually reflect those thoughts yes. so it's about being really aware of what we are thinking and distinguishing between are these my thoughts or are these someone else's thoughts that were planted into my head yeah. for whatever reason I guess with everything mindset is key to transformation once yeah. you know what you know or what you don't know, then you, you've got something to work with. And obviously everyone's on a different, um, finds themselves on a different stage. Yes. You know, some people are a bit further along or some people have a better understanding of where they find themselves. So it's about individually seeing where, where that person is at and then seeing what the what the best method is to actually or the best way of action is to actually help them so now i'm going to regress back slightly in terms of if someone's in um now you were in a toxic relationship for seven years the situation for what it was not making excuses 
I also bought into the narrative of, well, you are, I think at the time, hold on, I'm 30, 43. Mm-hmm. I was 33 when we um, broke up. So I was at, at, a, at a stage in my life where women are being told that the clock is ticking. Oh, yes. And, you know. You have an expiry shelf life exactly right so i was buying into that narrative as well so that was something that was holding me back because i thought well who's you know who's Mm. gonna actually want someone as old as you you know you're 33 you were like you're not a spring chicken anymore and i was buying into all these stupid um narratives that are out Mm. there and still out there right so there was a lot of societal narratives that were holding me back so i'm trying to break those narratives because they're absolutely not true so that's one thing that you obviously are up against then it's the image that we portray outside so i was very much attached to the image i was portraying to the outside world of me being in this happy happy couple right yes Yes. i mean we looked perfect um to the outside world you know Mm -hmm. everyone was thinking this is a power couple, you know, they're successful, they're happy, they're this, they're that. And I really bought into that image as well. And I thought, well, you can't give that up, you know, what are you going to go back to? So Mm. that's why I said silly, stupid reasons, because actually none of these reasons are actually valid reasons. Yeah, it's just the narrative that we tell ourselves. Yes, that actually we has been indoctrinated into us. as well you know I mean how many women can you uh, name that are being celebrated for being single but Mm, good question that's a very good question you're right so there's all these things that uh, can hold someone back because no one wants to have this association with them you know that they're old ugly yeah but this is what women are being told unfortunately and did did you find that um you know when you told yourself these narratives were you also looking for him to validate you like somehow you know there's time comes a time when uh, I remember speaking to a lady one time and she said that she only felt loved she only loved herself when someone else loved her and I said you know that love type of love is very fragile you have to cultivate self-love yourself in order, you know, in matter of fact, it's actually, we have to love ourselves, other people to love us, not the other way around. And so did you find, did you have anything similar to that where you had, uh, I'll call it um, when you, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, when you, you outsource, yeah. Did you outsource self-love to him, to love you for him to feel, for yourself to feel loved by yourself? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And that was absolutely the case with me. I was seeking his approval his Mm. validation to actually validate myself Mm. um so I I was seeking validation anywhere but from myself you know whatever I would I didn't even know what I was thinking at the time you know I was so disconnected from myself that I couldn't even tell you what I was believing about myself I was believing things about myself that other people said about me whether it was him or my yeah. surroundings so I had to actually learn to hear Talk to my, own, my own voice you know yes. hear my own thoughts and um 
come to a conclusion about who I am based on my own thinking and my own um, evaluation of myself. Mm. And it took a long while for me to actually realize that self-love and self-care is very, it's, it's actually imperative. It's it imperative. is. Oh my goodness, it is. But I wasn't, I wasn't doing any of it, you know. I didn't even know what self-care was. All I knew was mm-hmm. how to cater to him, his needs, his desires, yeah. not my own. But also, I think that's also, I don't, well, maybe it is also a cultural thing. Yeah. In slightly, you know, uh, I'm of Greek origin and my parents are Greeks. It's very much still the case that yeah. a woman needs to cater to a man's needs in our culture. Yes. Even though we've come a long way and yes, um, things have changed or are changing, but still my parents are in their 80s. So they're of a different generation. They had a different mindset. They were taught different things. Yeah, I was taught what they were taught. And yeah. uh, in that world, the uh, wants and desires of the woman weren't ranked very high. Actually, they're secondary, to be honest, sometimes even third. And it's the needs of the, I guess, the man, the house, the community. Yes. And then you you come last. Uh, and I think if that's, yeah. And I think, to be honest, I have so many listeners all over the world. I, can, I think most people can be able to relate to that. Uh, like, oh, yes. Uh, and uh, to some degree, there's a lot of places around the world where this is still very, they're very much the norm. Which me again needs to, I'm going to ask you another question is, do you have any story of a family estrangement yourself? I do actually. Yes, I do. Um, so something that not many people know about myself is that I, um, I have a sister, but we didn't grow up. They, they left their, country, their home countries and many of those families decided or basically brought up their children in different countries. So that was the case in my family as well. So I grew up with my parents, even though I'm the younger one. Mm -hmm. And my sister, who's the older one, grew up um, with family over here. Yeah. It sometimes feels as if, you know, we don't really know each other because we never had the opportunity to actually live under one roof. roof. So yes, I definitely can relate to family estrangement. And um, even if I think about my wider family, you know, because we grew up in Germany, Mm -hmm. uh, I never really had that uh, much of a relationship with my extended family. So yeah, that's the ones who were left, the ones who were behind and the ones your sister grew up with, essentially. Exactly, exactly. So I do, that, you know, what, you're talking to is very familiar to my life and so I can totally relate to yeah to that now in terms of your sister and your parents that would have probably been the relationship that's probably when it comes to a stranger but that's probably that relationship is what magnifies this Mm. and um and I'm you've probably seen over a period of time the the closeness the distance is that what you've observed as well Yes. Um, well, actually, I haven't actually observed much closeness. So I think it's, it's blatantly obvious that there is a big dis- disconnect and a big distance there. And for the longest time I can remember, I felt like I was the connecting, um, yeah. the connecting person because I guess there's always someone in a family who's trying to connect the, dis- the estranged parties. 
And uh, I have been that person all my life. You know, I've always been the bridge. And yeah. uh, it's tiresome, I can tell. And has the bridge been built or sometimes it gets built and then it gets teared down? <sighs> Has the bridge been built? Um, it's in the process of, uh, you know, building. It's not really built. No, no, okay. I wouldn't say it is. So I think it's a definitely um, a very acute uh, topic in, in our family. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And I think it's such a difficult topic because, and actually, to be honest, you can go years without people addressing it. And also, you know, like you said, the, the narrative that we stay in certain situations because of the narrative that we have bought and the years invested. So what it is in family estrangement that there's a narrative that there's meant to be a happy family. And, you know, Greek background, I can imagine, especially the emphasis on family can't be any more. Mm-hmm. That is really emphasized. So what happened with family estrangement that it shatters those narratives? You know, what do you mean there's your, your parents are there, you don't communicate? I'm sure if you, your parents will never, it will never just come up and be like, oh yeah, there's my daughter, we just don't talk much. You know, it's, it, it, it's not something that would come up naturally. And it shatters the happy family narrative that we, people expect from us that it's uh, societal expects as well. Mm-hmm. And I think this is kind of a global thing. And um, we often hear that family, sometimes they could stay in a really toxic dynamic for so long because is like well it's just family we just go oh that person this is just family because again there's there's narratives there that you're supposed to accept certain things and when you walk away from that it can start causing a lot of emotional turmoil because then now you're conflicted people in you know i read the other day someone said oh it's just this person they you can't just not talk to a person because they're your brother they're your sister they're your aunt they're your uncle grandparents but i think sometimes the 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 trauma that led to estrangement is so deeply embedded that um, to some people walking away is a solution. And equally, sometimes some people, they've had people walking away from them without knowing the answers, which is gonna lead me to my next question. You talk a lot about forgiveness and I myself know the power of forgiveness. I written my journal about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about for- forgiveness, forgiveness from your perspective? Because I, I realize now forgiveness is it can be taken very differently depending who is saying it. So mm. I would like to take your take on forgiveness because often there's so much hurt, there's so much anger that lies in the surface. Uh, you know, when we can speak of all this, but in the bottom of it, there's anger, there's resentment, right? And there's a lack of unforgiveness that lies underneath there mm. and just betrayal. So how do we begin to yeah. chip away the betrayal block and the anger and the resentment and the bitterness? Hmm. I mean, it's obviously not an easy task. Whoever will tell you that it's easy is probably lying because it's not. It's, yes. you know, those, those feelings of anger and resentment have been there for a long while um, and they are festering inside of you. And what actually helped me to start get the ball rolling was when I realized that actually it wasn't doing me any good to hold on to the anger and the resentment that it was all actually holding me back. Um, mm. And it was holding me back in every area of my life. I was unable to um, 
move on and cultivate healthy relationships with other people because I was still trapped into the past of mm -hmm. what had happened to me and my trauma and my hurt and all this. And it was holding me back at work. I was unable to deal with um, mm -hmm. work-related issues in a logical manner because yes. the emotions were coming up again. And once I realized that, you know, it was putting a hold on so many areas in my life, I thought, well, what's it going to take mm -hmm. for you to finally forgive yourself? Because I think that was the hardest part. Someone mm -hmm. might think that the hardest part was actually forgiving him for, for whatever he ha had done to me. But that was actually much easier than forgiving myself because... Yes. For the longest time, I was actually accusing and blaming myself for actually staying in that relationship for so long, for allowing him to treat me the way he treated me, um, instead of actually changing that narrative again and mm. realize that I stayed in, the, in that relationship for that amount of time because I still needed to learn some lessons Yes. I still wasn't quite ready, but I was getting ready, you know, I was getting mm. ready. So well, even after you came out of that relationship, there was still that element, an element of confusion as well, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. Because imagine you, you are with someone for such a long time. There is a lot of emotions at play mm. and these emotions need to die down for your, in order for you had to be able to think clearly because mm. the very first first couple of months, I might even say the first year, I was unable to actually entangle all these thoughts. And one mm. thing that I might have to say right now is that I didn't go about it the right way. It took me 10 years to open my mouth and speak about this. The wow. very first time I actually spoke about my toxic relationship was during P2P in one of those calls with Patrice where I just, it was boiling inside of me, you know, yeah. and I was like, well, this is a safe space. Just speak your truth, you know? And um, as I'm saying this, I'm having goosebumps because I yes. still remember. No, I remember it was, uh, it was like, it was like, it just came out like, cool it was a, one of those calls and I was just like wow it just came out yes but yeah it was a breakthrough but the thing is um I was allowing shame to hold me back for mm. such a long time that was the that was the number one reason I didn't open my mouth because I was so afraid mm -hmm. on how it would reflect back on me you know yes rather than actually seeing the value that sharing my story would have in mm. helping other people, whether that's, I mean, I speak to women, but obviously this might speak to men as well, you know? Absolutely. Men can also find themselves in a toxic relationship. So the amount of people that sharing this story would have helped. But um, so, yeah, shame. Shame was holding me back. You know, shame, shame is a big factor as well. And I think it, it, in a way, it, I always say shame has a zero transformational value because with the, within the shame 
narrative that we can take on, it's, it's almost like you're building a brick wall and it, it doesn't allow you because, because you're holding on to that shame, it's almost like it's validating whatever it is the limited belief or the negative narrative out of yourself, it validates all that. And then also weirdly about when we're holding on to shame, especially attached to ourselves, what we do, we find confirmation bias within our environment, within our existing relationships to say, oh, you see that we went wrong with that person, look happened in my employment, da, 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 da. So now everything is happening around you. It's almost like the law of attraction is bringing you whatever it is that you're wanting as negative as it might be, right? So I always say that we have the power sometimes to wake up and change the, I call it our emotions, the frequency. Sometimes all it takes is a little light bulb moment to say, I don't, like you said to yourself, how long am I going to be feeling like this for? That was a different frequency that you chose to emit that day. Mm. That question was different. So as soon as you ask that question, how long am I going to, it means your brain is going to look for the answer. Well, today we're going to start healing. Do you see? So that question alone was a transformational value question, chipping away the block of shame. Yes. I find, yeah. It totally, it totally was. And then more, more thoughts of that nature kept finding their way into my brain you know i was allowing yeah. them to, to to break through and change my behavior you know not not to follow the same behavioral patterns i've been following because i, I, I don't remember exactly um that saying but um it goes something like well if you do something the same way and expect a different result well it's not going to happen you have to you have to change something in order to see change, right? Yes. And you know what, which which saying I mean, right? I so, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think the the very the the very definition of insanity doing exactly the same thing, expecting a different results. Yes. yes, exactly. Right. Yes. Once once I once I made because I think forgiveness is a choice. It's a decision. Once yeah. I made the decision that this wasn't serving me, you know, holding on to the anger and the resentment. Yeah. I was able to move on. And um, yeah. I think like the back of your journal is saying, you know, forgiving is not about forgetting. It's just about letting go. Letting go yes. is a decision. It's a decision to free yourself of the bondage yes. that, that is keeping you back. It's about yeah. making a decision to walk into your freedom. And yeah, yeah I, I just, I just wish, I just wish I would have, uh, uh, I would have had the courage to do it um, earlier. However, yes. having said that, everything happens in, in, in the time it, it, it's supposed to happen. Absolutely. But the only reason I'm mentioning it is because I cannot um, stress enough the importance of actually speaking up and using your voice yeah whether that is um on a one-on-one -on -one setting with a friend i was even afraid to talk to my friends none of my friends until mm -hmm. recently didn't even know that i was in you know it, oh yeah, wow it, it wow. all came out with p2p it's uh yes so, so now what, now when you show your story do you feel a little bit lighter like you know what i've got it at my chest uh it's out there now and you realize actually when something is out there, it's almost like you've released it. I would say to some degree, even journaling about it, meditating about mm -hmm. it, imagining it, washing away from your body. It's all form of this having this energy release. And do you also find yourself now that now you've worked on yourself, you worked on self-love, you filled your cup, you know, your boundaries. How do you now begin to navigate 
relationships with new people that you encounter now? Do you understand now the red flags that you see? Actually, this might not be quite well. And it's not coming from a place of a trauma. Now it's coming from a place of understanding better. How is your new understanding allowing you to navigate your current new relationship coming to your life? Mm, that's a really good question. And I um, definitely can see the red flags. They're just flaring up as soon as <laughs> something feels off, you know, and yeah. I'm no longer ignoring my intuition or my gut instinct. <gasps> Thank you. Oh, I love you said that. I love that. Oh my gosh. It's, uh, you know, that's one thing we always minimize our intuition. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can say to somebody, we know that our intuition was literally screaming at us. And we're trying to seek a second opinion from somebody. Then I, oh, maybe just got it wrong. But our intuition was literally screaming, which always goes back, you know, when you said, um, you know, the relation took such a toll on your body to the point that you couldn't walk. Uh, You had to have a spinal injury because as much as you're beginning to accept certain things, your body was saying no. And sometimes our intuition is just as loud, but we second guess we doubt and when we are traumatized it's even worse now that, that intuition is completely turned off yes yeah, totally. so, yeah sorry continue totally. not to get that in there. totally no you're totally right actually and i mean my body collapsing was actually my body's way of actually not only telling me that whatever i was thinking was also my reality because my thoughts were obviously i cannot support myself those were my thoughts which manifested in the physical which was Mm. me not being able to walk and actually support myself our spine is our support system it holds our body body together so if you're thinking about it my spine collapsed because of me thinking that i cannot stand on my own two feet Mm. and looking after myself because that was the message that i was getting Mm. years and years and years in that relationship so it was, but it was also a way of my body um, finally giving me um, the break that I needed. I mm. needed to lay flat on my back for seven months in order to get my act together and start really thinking about the things that went wrong and how I could rebuild myself. So, you know, your body ke- always keeps telling you, and this is what intuition does. It yeah. tells you that something is off, but if you keep ignoring it, your body needs to get louder. And in my yes. case, it had to get like screaming loud yes. because I was choosing to ignore it. So now I no longer do that. You know, when my mm. intuition tells me there's something off, there's something off and I trust it. And yeah. I don't need to seek any outside validation, someone else confirming what I just felt. No, mm. I know in my gut what is the truth. So um, there's lots of things, you know, but I think, some of the things that uh, might also be helpful for other people to think mm. about is, you know, do you feel that you can be yourself? Can you be your authentic mm. self around those new people coming into your life? Or it doesn't even have to be new people. You know, it, it can be people that are in your life right now, yes. right? Whether that is your relatives, whether that's your friends, your work colleagues, which people do you make you feel really comfortable? You know, where can you yes. be yourself, authentically yourself, without being judged for who you are and how mm. you are, without being criticized or scrutinized or minimized or yes. demoralized. These are some really, really subtle things, but mm. um, people who truly love and appreciate you will give you the space to flourish and be who you are. Exactly. They will not dim your light. They will not want you to... Um, um, 
disrespect your own boundaries that's another thing you know mm -hmm. people will respect you and your boundaries if you feel that people are constantly disrespecting the uh, the boundaries that you have set up then there's something wrong if it happens continuously absolutely um, and uh, you know it's, it's for me because i've gone for family estrangement i realized that you can be estranged from certain members of your family who were traditionally have been told you meant to be have a close bond until you die Mm -hmm. it doesn't kill you right and i think that's one thing i've realized right it doesn't kill you and once you go through that process of emotion anger and resentment etc etc it's not like you even forget you're still thinking about it but at the same time i feel like it's one of those situations where it's about putting one foot in front of the other all the time just continuing it, it's, it's a journey it's a healing Yes, yeah, so for me, as a person who's gone through family estrangement, I realize my boundaries are, are quite high. Uh, what I mean is that I, I don't really tolerate uh, ambiguous relationships, especially with people, especially when they don't need to be there. When people give you so much mixed messages and ambiguous messages and you see red flags everywhere, there's generally something there. And if you open the room to possibility to say, you know, what is that, you know, what's wrong, let's speak about it, and the person is still shutting you out, there's a possibility they're never going to tell you, but they will continue to do is engage with you in a way that leaves you confused half of the time, like mm -hmm. all that. So you start mm -hmm. questioning yourself, like, what was that all about? Have you ever, I don't know if you've ever experienced the dialogues where you, what, every time you interact with somebody, you end up questioning yourself, was that normal? Or that a, they're the kind of relationships now I kind of choose mm -hmm. not to engage with because I feel mm -hmm. like they're not necessary and the other person doing it to some degree there must be a way they're doing because they don't do it to other people and so if I'm finding myself every time I'm engaging with somebody and I'm asking myself about done something wrong did I say something then I go back replaying the conversations in my mind I'm like no mm -hmm. this is no 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 so I've had to that's something I have really had to work on and again, I had to let go of the narrative who this person is supposed to be or who are they meant to be and be mm -hmm. like, actually, I don't do that to people. And I, at least I try not mm -hmm. to do it. And, you know, like sometimes you mess with somebody and they wouldn't even like, you know, but you know, conversating with somebody, they don't even open your messages, for example, and you like, and you see them online. So then you start thinking that you're doing it on purpose, like you, and then you speak to them again and it's fine. And another time it's just really weird dynamic. So sometimes you just feel like, what is that? like? When you ask them, is everything okay? Fine. So where do you go? So I realized with those kind of relationships, they confuse me uh, a lot. And mm -hmm. I'm at that age where I think, you know what? Life is too short to be engaging in such relationships. Mm -hmm. And I feel mm -hmm. like sometimes people, they maybe want to put certain boundaries, but because they've got a particular narrative, they feel like they have to continue. But in the meantime, they're making another person suffer. Yes, well, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, I have very um, strong boundaries. Um, and I'm very conscious about who I'm spending my time with. And yes. I'm one of the, and I'm one of those people that would rather spend time alone than with the wrong person. And oh my gosh, that, yes. And that wrong person can be um acquaintances can be um family members i mean oh since we're God, on yes. family estrangement i've actually i know that there is some sort of family estrangement obviously happening with me and my own family as in like my extended family you know i'm not gonna speak about the estrangement um with my 
sister or my parents in, on this instance. Um, but I've actually chosen that I will not spend time with um, them just mm. because of this ambiguous behavior that you just mentioned earlier, you know. Yes. I'm very much aware of such behaviors and I don't tolerate it. So you're either going to be straight with me, you're going to be direct, you're going to tell yes. me if something's off and if you aren't able to do so and I've given you the, you the opportunity to actually speak your truth and speak your uh, mind and you are not taking this opportunity, I will not waste my precious energy and time on doing it which doesn't mean that, you know, um, and I'm sure you'll probably agree with me, it's not about, you know, cutting bridges with everyone that um, doesn't, uh, nest, no. you know, does something to that upsets you. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's about realizing which relationships are really nourishing, which relations, relationships fill you up. Mm -hmm. and uh, light you up and make you feel like you can be yourself and you are loved yes. and spend more time with those people and try and eliminate spending time with people who actually suck the dear life, life out of you even if those are family members because your mental health and your health is more important than actually surrounding yourself with toxicity that's oh my god christina thank you so much i love that your mental health because at the end of the day when we don't have that mental health some things can begin to the tower begins to crumble down and more importantly sometimes those toxic dynamics can leave us in fight or flight mode which means we have also so chemicals that shouldn't be running through our bodies all the time the, the, the chemicals are meant to us to flee us from a, a dinosaur back in the day they're running through us causing all sorts of health havoc so yes mental health matters well christina thank you so much for your time you've done you you share so much wisdom and so many there's so many takeaway from this episode in terms of someone you know going through separation because even if you go through family estrangement you're still involved in relationships whether you're man or woman so you know family estrangement is one story you still got you still might have a boyfriend partner husband wife whatever do you know what i mean so family estrangement does not happen in a vacuum you still have to work you're still engaging in any other type of relationship like everybody else so your voice is very much needed and i thank you thank you so so much i cannot thank you enough I literally cannot thank you enough for sharing all the wisdom that you have shared. So, Christina, thank you. But before you go, one last question, a bonus question, which is, how do you distress and bring yourself back to center? Now, when, when we go through traumatic experiences, sometimes it's not very difficult for us to regress back into our old pattern of thinking so the trick is how do we bring ourselves back to the present moment can you share a tip but what do i do in times of distress may let me think about that well actually one thing that i like to do but it's um it's something really simple is i like to pet my dog in times of distress it's just ah, like yes. i I try to get myself back in the here and now, you know, because uh, yes. oftentimes I find that I will find myself in distress if I actually 
regress back into the past and think yes. about things that happened to me mm. or if I'm projecting myself into the future, future. and worrying worrying about stuff that I cannot control so yes petting my dog brings me back into the present moment yes and that's what I do so I'm looking for <laughs> as clever thought yeah here, but just grab your dog your pet your cat your kids yes i'll be in the moment and be in the moment that's my tip of yes know, oh i love, love that i love that because i read a book by Eckhart Tolle, and he said the power of now because it says we're either living in the past projecting a negative future rarely ever being in the present so yes i love that so actually you're actually given a direction of how to come out of completely other than thinking about a quote, which I still say quotes are good because that's why we have affirmations because I was sticking them on my mirror. Um, so thank you for that. So Christina, where can my listeners find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram under Hey It's Frizzy. And mm-hmm. uh, this is where I mostly live. And any other links on where you can find me on other platforms are actually shared on my link tree there. Um, but yeah, if you want to get in touch, just shoot me a DM or just message me on Instagram. Oh, brilliant. Well, Christina, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, do you know, it just feels like one of our phone conversations that we're normally having. <laughs> I know, it does. It does. No, thank you so much for agreeing. Yeah, and um, so and I hope they re- my, my listeners will reach out to you and uh, they've taken away a lot from here. So thank you so much. So that is all for this week's episode with amazing Christina and I hope you loved the conversation just as much as I did and my takeaway from this conversation if I have to sum her up in a very few little nuggets of wisdom is time to let go of the narrative this is a theme that's occurred throughout this episode creating a new narrative is necessary Don't let your narrative hold you back. Change the narrative to change your life. And there you have it. So remember, you are the author, you are the creator, you are the architect of your own life. You don't have to let trauma define you. Use trauma as a learning lesson to get you to where you need to be. See it as, ha, this is a lesson. What have I learned it? And how can I use this lesson painful lesson to transform who I am and my future trajectory so there you have it guys and thank you so much for listening I'll catch you guys next week bye